0: Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, are we really going to talk about pediatric cancer? Yes. We are with writer, educator, and cancer mom, Jessica Phillips-Lorenz. Plus, Biz braces herself. Woo!
1: Hey, Biz. Um, I just completed and passed the certification exam to be a midwife. So now I get to take care of people by delivering their babies, catching their babies, taking care of them across the lifespan, and... Uh, oh, I'm just so happy and so excited, and it's over. I was almost in tears in the middle of it because I thought for sure I'd fail, but I didn't. I passed, and I did it, and I finished grad school while I had a baby in the middle of it, and I had a topper <laughs> through the whole program, and my marriage is still intact somehow, and uh, my dog is still healthy. I mean, I did <laughs> it. I, I worked in the hospital through the pandemic and oh. continue to do so. And now I get to go take care of people in a different way. And, oh, I am just, (laughs) I am so thankful this chapter is closed and another (laughs) chapter is opening. I hope you're having a great day. Bye. You're doing a great job.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you. But you are the one who's doing an amazing job. This is great. I wish I was there to give you like a giant, whoa, hug, right? Like, did everybody else feel like we needed to be hugging this person as they were talking to us? Like a giant high five chain that we would just send them down. High five, high five, high five, high five. What you have done is incredible. And I am so glad that you know that. (laughs) That makes me even happier than all the stuff that you've done is that you clearly know and are letting yourself revel in how awesome you are. I, like, stress out about trying to schedule, like, getting to the grocery store with children in my house. And you have done, like, you are, you're amazing. You're doing such a good job. And I know it wasn't easy. I know it wasn't easy. And yet, you did it. I want to say welcome to the world of midwifery. And I'm never having another child, but if I did... I would be absolutely pleased to have you catch mine. (laughs) Is that that official medical lingo, catching? Anyway, I think you're doing a great job. Thank you for all the work you were doing in the hospitals, obviously during your school and your education. And thank you for now uh, moving into this area that will be such a comfort to new parents already are just probably losing their mind. You will be a comfort and a support. And I just want to say thank you. You're doing a great job, which leads us into thank yous. Thank you, everybody in the medical profession there I said it I've said it again and I'll say it again and again above and beyond the call of duty more than you need to. And I just really hope that those of us who are not at all affiliated with uh, like the medical profession, no matter. and I'm talking doctors, I'm talking the people who keep things clean and sterilized to the people who who are doing all the paperwork. I hope we can all maintain a level of awe and appreciation long after this is over. Talk about the people who have to get the blunt of our frustration. I just want you to know that I really appreciate you. Teachers, all the faculty at schools, all the people who work in administration and in the school boards and the school districts this is a very complicated time i see you thank you so much for what you're doing thank you to librarians for continuing to offer so many amazing resources to people as well as your doors open when possible thank you school bus drivers Thank you to all the people working in the cafeterias and lunches and preparing food for kids. God, you were working so hard, even during the pandemic, to make sure that kids who needed food, who relied on school and after-school programs for at least one of their meals a day, I just don't know why I haven't been thanking you. Thank you. You're remarkable. Thank you to all those who work with the homeless, and thank you to all of you who are working with people who are having a hard time getting access to information about vaccines or getting to the vaccines themselves. That is some tireless work, and I see you. Thank you. Now, brace yourself. There's a pun happening. I just went through a week of dental hell, not for myself for the first time ever, but with my children. Uh, Orthodontics are upon us. I finally... Uh, made appointments and followed through and Raiden has gotten only the first like the top teeth got the braces and we have to go back next week for the bottom and they couldn't get the wires in because the back teeth don't have enamel and then <laughs> so we had to put basers or separators in the bag and that apparently hurts like hell and so I, Raiden has just been crying like all night a day she's so in pain and i love her and it's just the worst and i want to rip them out i just <laughs> it's just we've been really trying to prepare for this and Raiden, there was so much crying yesterday and i i couldn't tell sometimes if it was the pain or if it was the like Like some sort of like, I look like a monster. There'd be a couple times I'd catch them looking in a mirror and like holding the lip up. And it's different. This is different. You gotta be careful what color you pick, everybody. (laughs) I think that they look beautiful and perfect. You cannot, as I told them, I'm sorry, there's nothing you can do that's gonna make you not look perfect. I'm sorry. You could put all the braces on your face and it's just not going to mess anything up. Sorry. Can't do it. Needless to say, I had a rather emotionally stressful week. Additionally, we had two baby teeth pulled out of Ellis that same week. So I'm not a fan of all the dental work. It's a little triggering for me. So like I said, I have found it very emotionally wrenching. Which is very straight. To be honest, I cannot find a good segue (laughs) into what we're going to be talking about today with our guest, Jessica Phillips Lorenz, who is going to be so gracious and talk to us about being a, what they call, cancer mom and pediatric cancer. (laughs) Please take a moment to remember, if
1: you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you
0: should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Miss and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. This week we are welcoming Jessica Phillips Lorenz, who is a writer, educator, and cancer mom. Her work has appeared in Romper, Real Simple, Parents.com, one of our favorites, Mother Magazine, and a theater festival for babies in Northern Ireland. (laughs) Jess is a member of the Coalition Against Childhood Cancer, the American Childhood Cancer Organization, Momcology, and Emerging Artists Theater. Welcome, Jessica. That is some mega serious different affiliations. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I know. I wear a lot of hats. You and, um,
2: thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. And I, I like to include things that I do that are not just about yeah. having a child who <laughs> happen to have cancer because what? I am a person and I was a person before that and we're still people. No. So
0: it's shocking. It is shocking. <laughs> what is it like to be a person? Wait, don't answer that yet. I have to ask you what we ask everybody. Who lives in your house? Oh, I can't
2: believe I am being asked this question. <laughs> well, um, so I will tell you, I live in an apartment. Good. And That's, I, That's good. I, house. House apartment. Yeah, and I matter. have two children who also live here. My daughter mm. is 10. She's my CK, my cancer kid. That's the lingo. <laughs> um, and then my son is six. Okay. And he's... You know he's not a CK. He's just no. a six-year-old boy. And then I lived here
0: with my husband, and we have a pet snail. Let's just let's just jump in. Okay. Tell us the history. We're having you on because you wrote this amazing piece for Mother Magazine, and I I want to talk more about that as we as we go along. But I I let's start with the your background with. Uh, pediatric cancer. I'm oh, a- sure. Sure. That sounds fun. Uh,
2: yeah. Uh, cool. So I'll tell you a little bit about our sort of diagnosis. And I just want to preface it with saying that I'm sure there are moms out there listening that are kind of like, wait, 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 wait what were the symptoms? Right? Yeah. And... Uh, I just want to frame this that this was our unique experience. It doesn't mean that everybody should go and try to diagnose themselves. And, and I'll talk a little bit more about sort of listening to your gut as a parent and knowing when something is really off. Yeah. But it started when my daughter, Audrey, was six years old. She had just finished kindergarten and started having some stomach stuff. And mm-hmm you know, uh, a bad stomach bug that lasted a little bit too long and then seemed fine and then came back again and then went away as, I mean, a lot of these. they do. They do. I mean, nothing about this was atypical. Yeah. It just kind of kept happening. And there were a couple of ER trips where we thought, is this appendicitis? Yeah. But none of the telltale sort of symptoms I mean, looking back, it's like, oh yes, that's from the book. But at the time, there was nothing like this is extremely dangerous and alarming. All right, it was hold just on. A- None of
0: us have a book. And <laughs> I mean, like, I, I, I wouldn't even if I was on like like Make Me a Millionaire or whatever a show is in which you have to answer <laughs> questions, you would be like, show me signs of cancer. I would not I wouldn't I don't know any except like weight loss. Right. right. And, I, and that, again, is an incredibly, at times, atypical sort of response to millions of things. Thyroids, you know, puberty, right. whatever. Okay. I think I say it too.
2: Well, I'll get to it. I think there's part of it as I tell the story that yeah. it's kind of like looking back. Well, did yeah. I miss something? Was there something I could have done and, and differently? But... It's just me, sort of wearing both hats and saying, "No, this is this yeah. is how it happened," and but you're
0: correct, yeah,
2: right. So, a couple of trips to ERs, blood work seemed fine, everything seemed fine until we we finally got sort of pushed up to see a GI doctor, mm. thinking maybe this is celiac yeah. or wheat and, or gluten, gluten, wheat. Something like yeah. that, or Crohn's, I like calling
0: it Wheaton. Let's Wheaton. do that. But yeah,
2: <laughs> it was a Wheaton problem. It was is a Wheaton was. problem.
0: <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, so you get anyway, to the GI. Very we good. We go to the GI.
2: The GI. By this point, Audrey was not feeling well, but yeah. we didn't know how sick she was, and the GI was kind of like, "This is not how any of these GI diseases present." something's not right here. Let's do some scan. So we went downstairs, had an ultrasound. Mm. They said, we see something. You need to go to another emergency room. So we went from a doctor's appointment wow. to an emergency room where they gave her an MRI and CT. And they said, this, <laughs> this is not a virus. This is not bacteria. And I was like, well, <laughs> what is so it? So what said, is it? And I mean, in my mind, they must have said it was cancer, or I think I said, "Are you telling me this is cancer?" And they didn't know what kind it was, but they said yes. And we then were admitted, and we went from a doctor's appointment to staying in the hospital for thirty-eight days. Holy! So it was. Shit. So it took a few days to get. Uh, a biopsy and figure out what it was, but her diagnosis is Burkitt's lymphoma, and she also had leukemia. So she had a double whammy, which means that it's a blood cancer that was in her lymph system, but also had made its way to her bone marrow. And Burkitt's lymphoma is the most aggressive form of human cancer with tumors developing and duplicating in 24 to 48 hours. So knowing that it it makes a little more sense why she didn't seem that sick. And then she was getting so, so, so sick that by the time she was actually diagnosed, her lungs were collapsing and we went to ICU. It was
0: really scary. I mean, scary is an understatement. Yeah, I want to stop and just tell you what an amazing job you're doing. (laughs) I can't... That is so hard. That is hard. Like, that quick uh, thing, I mean, like, can I ask when i mean when did your brain ever have a chance to like or, like ever catch i mean stomach ache same day gi same day suddenly you're 38 days in i mean how do you there... there's no way to catch up right like i mean like oh my god i just want to like put you in my lap <laughs> thank you I, 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 <laughs> uh, snuggle me up i do
2: I don't know that you catch up. I mean, I, I feel like from that day we've been sort of stumble running. And I do want to say too, for for listeners and for you, that she's doing great today. Yeah. So, so I'm yeah, able to tell be this doing story. This. <laughs> right. She's doing great. She's right. Three years cancer free. Oh she's God, in survivorship. Like all of that is there. But the trauma yes. is authentically real and uh, lives with me, and it lives with other cancer families, too. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's funny things about it, too. Like, you know, I said we lived in the hospital. It was my brother had to come and he I didn't we didn't have any clothes, you know. So my brother had to come and he I needed underwear. And so I oh, think yeah. he was traumatized and he brought like, <laughs> just like strapless. <laughs> I had a strapless bra. Like, and Here's an evening gown. Like... Does this evening gown work? Yeah. I mean, I have it a was... swimsuit. <laughs> so there are some like. The, it, it was so surreal and so. There's nothing that can ever prepare no. you for it. I mean, when it 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 was horrible, and um, she was so sick, and then, the thing that was going to get her better was this chemo. So yeah, we started right away. Luckily, with her kind of cancer and with other fast-growing cancers, this is uh, you, you learn a lot along the way. But I was gonna but, say. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, my BFA in theater yeah. <laughs> comes back around <laughs> as a BS in science. Um, but so the way that chemotherapy sort of intercepts is that when a cell is dividing, chemo can get in there and kill yeah. the kill the cells. So if you have a rapidly dividing cancer, that that was what happened for us. So she started getting chemo. She had very intensive chemotherapy and immunotherapy in the hospital. We lived pretty much in the hospital for about seven months. We would come home for a few stretches between. And so at the time, so she was six and at the time my son was two and a half. And so he, we had been um, in upstate New York with my parents. And when we had this GI appointment, my son stayed with them. But then he stayed with them and basically lived with them for several months. And we would see him on weekends a little bit. But it was just like my whole family just felt like we were just like dashed against the rocks and um, just doing anything to survive it.
0: Yeah. Well, it's very much that moment of like going from the luxury of knowing where everybody is. We're all here. We're going to be back. And then like being in a situation that calls for you to have to make rapid and and changing and pivoting decisions decisions that will that you don't just make one and then that's it it sounds like it's a constant decision making process and none of them uh are like that's great I mean outside (laughs) of saving my child from cancer that's a good one we all know that whatever decision that's good but like all the other ones are like that's again you need to come sit in my lap (laughs) Which is a weird thing to (laughs) say to another grown person. All right, here's a question that is a weird question to ask. And that is whenever some, like a network or a TV show or anybody portrays a child with cancer, that child has come to full grips, it seems, (laughs) with cancer. And they are like a little magical vessel of hope and happiness and it's okay, thank you, right? And I think about my children and I'm like, I know for a fact, Ray just got braces and they are like on the floor <laughs> and they won't stop complaining and like yelling and like life, I mean, like it's, mm-hmm. how is, like to me, that's a horrible expectation to put on kids. And I, so I, I gotta ask, do- How's, no, your, I, I, how's your child handle having? Right. No, I,
2: I'm glad you're asking. And it's funny that you bring up sort of all the media, right? Yeah. Because I think that pediatric cancer is a very quick story to tell. You mm-hmm. can see a picture, and there's a bald child, yeah. and you know, you can kind of just quickly calculate like, this is a crappy situation, yep. and you feel whatever people feel empathy sympathy what would i do what you know yeah. but it's also it's also used i think a lot to you know in storytelling to kind of take there's the magical child. See, who is, yeah, yeah. There's the magical child. Or I was joking with my husband about the undoing. Did you watch that? No. It was Hugh Grant. He no. played he played an oncologist, a pediatric oncologist. Oh. but was he a murderer? <laughs> and the idea was like, no, he couldn't be a murderer he's not, because he's right? a pediatric <laughs> oncologist. So I just thought. <laughs> but in terms of, she's a pretty amazing. Yeah, even kid and was beforehand and I think handled it very well compared to how honestly, like my other one is a little more erratic. (laughs) And I mean, you know, he gets he stubs his toe and it's like full on on the floor. And, you know, I think she started off that way, but she just had to adapt. I mean, like, think about if your kid doesn't like getting a shot. I know. What kid likes to get a shot? It's basically constantly getting a shot. Yeah. And I, know. I had to give her shots at certain oh. points. I had to give her chemo. I had no, if there's one thing I've never wanted to do, <laughs> it would be something in the medical field. Like, yes. I don't really want to touch anybody. <laughs> I don't like gross stuff. And you just have to do it. And you, you know, have you to s- do it. You yeah. Have you no have no to... choice. You have no I choice. I hate that for people. And when you were saying before, Biz, about making decisions, there were actually no decisions. Yeah, I guess. When when things are so when you're so kind of up against the wall, there's not yeah there's almost not a luxury to think it through, you know? Yeah, Um, no
0: I would imagine yeah, I guess so. So
2: she you know, she handled it I think as as she's not like the magical smiling kid. She didn't she was there were certain doctors she just had no time for, but she loved we had amazing care, we had amazing nurses like nurses.
0: Just for the record, the bar I set for children (laughs) with cancer, getting through cancer, is very low. (laughs) It is very low. My expectations of how great they should be handling it, I'm Uh like, I'm not, I wouldn't expect an adult to handle it gracefully. I like, it's it's fine. Get your money's worth.
2: And, you know, there are things that I really had to sort of let go of. And I was Mm. listening to your episode, and you were kind of talking about the summer mommy camp stuff and screens and all of that. And I'm with you. Like, now that we're at this point, our schools don't start until September 13th. Like
0: Yeah, that's ours. Yes,
2: roughly, yeah. But going from sort of having a mindset like I'm in again now, but yeah. then all of a sudden to being like, no, they're in the hospital. They watch TV all the time, mom. Oh, yeah. You let them watch whatever they want, whenever they want it. And, yeah. and anything that you can do to make them comfortable, the kids comfortable yeah. and it, you know, living in patient, like living in a hospital, it's not just us. It was like, we had a roommate who was three years old and that child needed to listen to Peppa Pig all night. And that yeah. was, you know, it. it's oh. like a million different Thing. worst case scenario yeah. horrible situations.
0: Yeah, Peppa and... Pig fucking
2: sucks. I'm oh. just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, Audrey <laughs> was like, one of the only things, and it's weird because she doesn't remember a lot of it. But no. she remembers it. But Peppa she's Pig. like, oh, I had a roommate who wasn't a Peppa Pig all the <laughs> time.
0: <So, laughs> oh, that kid's doing great. Got it. <laughs> she is, I know. She's all right. got grit. We've touched on. Sort of the media mm. portrayal of the children, you are the parent and like in your intro, your bio, you have cancer mom written down and I I don't know how I feel about that because <laughs> because I am I'm not a cancer mom and I but I'm not a soccer mom, I'm not a you know like the the mom monikers that we all get I, I wonder. I, got, I have to ask you, how does Cancer Mom, like, that moniker feel?
2: Well, I feel like I have to say it. And yeah. I want to say it kind of clearly and early when I meet mm. people. And it's not necessarily because I want people to feel badly. No. Or yeah. it, it's not that. It's like once this happened in our family, I became her healthcare advocate. Yeah. So, like I said, we lived in the hospital and you can't leave a six-year-old at any point during this. So anything, you know, to explain how she was feeling, to notice with her medications, what wasn't working, all that stuff kind of felt to me. And all of a sudden I realized like, oh, I've got to run this as the mom. You, you can't just, I mean, at a certain point when they're, but the diagnosis, it's so overwhelming for anybody who goes through any kind of health diagnosis. It's so good if you can have somebody with you to help you because you're going to hear different things. And then when it was just, so my husband and I would take in information at the beginning, but then it was really just Audrey and I in the hospital. And I had to say, Oh, oh, oh hold on a second. She has an adhesive yeah. allergy. So we've got to stop that. You need to get the other one. So, you know, all yeah. of those things. And it really, I had this new sort of Job, yeah. which I mean, we all have this job as parents where you take care of your child. And but this was like a full time, different kind of job than I had ever expected to find myself in, and then just had to do as well as I can. And I also wanted to use it in my intro or my bio as a piece of advocacy because. Yeah. You know, it's one thing that, you know, we see the the image or the St. Jude's commercial and the, feel the heartstrings, but there is this sense that I don't want to go there. I don't want to think about that. I don't want to know about that. And, I, you know, kids do get cancer, and it's not as rare as you think. You know, there are a couple just sort of advocacy points that I want to make. That Please make I them. I hope it's okay. That, make um, them. Make I them. I connected with a couple yes. of my organizations. so Yes. Um, from the American Childhood Cancer Organization. Just a reminder that childhood cancer is the number one cause of death by disease. And over the last 30 years, only three drugs have been approved for pediatric cancer from the FDA and over 300 for adults. So there is this huge discrepancy in terms of where research money goes. So yes, it's a very emotional and kind of sad thing to think about. But there's also this piece that there's a component of injustice that is unfathomable. And because because children are so young when they get these treatments, and the treatments are so toxic, there's a much longer sort of lifetime of potential side effects. Whereas, you know, if somebody is, let's say, in their 60s, and God forbid they develop cancer. Yes, that's lousy. But if you and you get a med that can or chemotherapy that can eradicate your cancer, great. But if those side effects from that particular drug don't kick in for 30 years, it's not going to affect that person too much. Right? But if if somebody's six and they get a medication that might impact their heart function in 30 years, they'll be 36. So September is Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month. You know, I, I invite people and listeners, not to look away, but to, to sort of think about it from a medical justice point of view and that it's not just sort of the, the sad story, that there's a lot of sort of amazing things happening and, and things are changing too. I mean, there's a lot happening research-wise and we're so, we're so grateful and so lucky to be where we are and for me to be talking to you about this from, I mean, it's like another planet you know
0: well I mean it's another planet for uh, several reasons but again (laughs) I'm just sitting here listening to uh, I really like the idea of the cancer mom you know moniker really representing all that you have without probably raising your hand had to (laughs) learn and Mm and I have a theater degree from a medical university. Ooh. And I, yeah, yeah, I'm super qualified to do nothing. Uh, That's me too. too. <laughs> Except <laughs> to act really well in an emergency situation. Nobody touched their head. But, like, you had to learn all this stuff. You had to become this full-time advocate. All the while, there's still all the grief and, like, this is impossible, like, as a parent to hold all this you know, emotional and mental, everything. And I, I don't... Mm, part of me wants so badly to say you're like a fucking miracle, right? Like, <laughs> what are you? Some kind of saint. But we no. we also oh, no. know that that's kind of bullshit on some level too, because it separates you, from, right? But like, I want to actually talk about like being the mom, right? Like how right. people speak to you, how they, you know... This whole episode, we've already talked about a million things that people have stepped in, and I, I, I talk to me about that how people approach you and well in the hospital
2: they call you mom because yeah. oh. they can't learn everybody's names and the, so they know the patient and then they say okay mom how are we feeling today mom you know so every, they start calling you mom because you're basically <laughs> the the patient. And in terms of how people talk to me now, and and honestly, I appreciate you're your saying that, but there's no, I still get so annoyed with my kids, oh, honestly. Yeah. You know, like that, oh, that yeah. stuff, I think, I think there's this idea of the gratitude and all that. And I just want to say it's there, but if they fight, they, even when she was in treatment, there'd be things where it's like. You know, she, it, would, it was cold. She didn't have hair. She didn't want to wear a hat. I would say put a hat on, you know, and and it's tricky because of stupid COVID. Because one of yeah. her side effects is being immune compromised. Yeah. So also, <laughs> put appreciate, on your fucking masks. Put on, <laughs> put on your masks inside. Vaccinate. Yeah. <laughs> Get your kids vaccinated if they're old enough. So that has been tricky. The the sort of. My friend came to visit when we were in treatment, and she was just like,
1: "Ah,
3: oh,
2: I didn't know you had to do all the mom stuff. You're still making snacks when they yeah, need snacks." and I'm all like, the mom stuff. That's the that to me is the hardest. Is yeah. that it's like you don't. You don't get just get to to be in this like lane of hard times. It's like you're in the lane of hard times, and then the rest of it is just happening yeah. around you. And that, I mean, <laughs> in some ways, it's a distraction, but in other ways, it's uh. like it's it's sometimes it's just it's just too much, you know. It's too much.
0: I don't know what
2: I'm. You know. Well,
0: it's, I think I think like the like Saint. The concept of saint. Didn't most saints, like, chop off their arms or something? Like, I'm Catholic. I'm pretty sure there were, like, horrible atrocities that happened in relation to the saints. The idea that that is somehow perfection and, like, this – you're right. There's still kids. There's still – you're still a self who is in a situation in which you want to yell, me, 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 Mm-hmm. I want to yell and scream, or run down the hall, or go out for milk, or like that. Yeah, that you—that doesn't get negated by the joy. That's still there. So you know, we did treatment.
2: Yeah. Then it's been sort of—I'm kind of circling back to myself now. Yeah. Whereas, you know, and that's sort of where my writing has—writing has been a way to sort of process it for me. But this idea of yeah, I'm still in here because you it, it's easy to get swallowed into it, and yeah. I mean, I would it I don't know there there's so much to it in terms of holding the emotion for your children. So I'm sure I mean we all th- I think the interesting thing about COVID yeah. is that I think people can relate in a different way now because with Audrey and with Dylan, my son it's like, all right, we're going to go outside. We're going to put on masks. It's okay. We're not
3: yeah, terrified. Everything's we're normal.
2: Like, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. so we live in New York City and, you know, March 2020 was scary. And we live in an apartment. We still had to go outside. Inside, so yeah. it's this managing your own emotions and not wanting to terrify your children with them is tricky. Is
0: well, tricky. it's not just managing your own, it's two sets of emotions you're managing. It's the emotions you're holding for your children and your own, like, I am myself will I ever find time or I actually don't want to fucking go outside, right? Like, I don't want to put a mask on. I don't want to and, like, those steps back to finding the stuff that still remains or has changed and doesn't always have to be the same stuff we left behind or that we didn't have time for. It can always be, like, a new version of that, something new. I'm like, I should really get fucking roller skates or start fencing. Oh, I, yeah, that's but Fencing? Funny. Now, I, I immediately passed roller skates, like, fencing at 50. This is absolutely <laughs> what I need to fucking do. But, like, it morphs. And I think what is hard to, like, see or learn or for others or for ourselves is that, like, ah, I'm going back to, like, do this Oh, now I have to go do X, Y, and Z. Okay, I'm back. And we're going to, no, 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 stop. Now I'm going to come back to, oh, fucking forms, right? Like, it's really hard. the forms. I'm sure. Yeah, fucking forms. I like, all right. I think that actually will lead us into what we What we can talk about last, which is, because I'm listening to this, and besides wanting to snuggle you like my cat Steve, <laughs> I'm just picking you up, like, in a weirdness of a stomach. How does that make you feel? <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, when COVID's over, I'm, yeah, over, I'm up I'm just going to lay on people when COVID <laughs> is over. How can people support, like, I guess, two things. One, the sort of dark side of people... Like taking advantage, right? Like, isn't? I mean, there's some gross stuff out there, and I, I think it's just as important to talk about, so that we're all aware of it. And then we'll go to some place kind of nice, which is how can we help people? What should we never say? How can? How many of the things have I said today? Should we never say? <laughs> <laughs> To somebody. Bring no. us home, Jessica. Right. Do it. All so,
2: right. So so I think because the the story of childhood cancer is so easy to tell with this yeah. picture, um there and and people do feel bad, and the way to help often is fundraising and money and supporting that way. The pediatric cancer community is notoriously preyed upon, <sighs> which I didn't know well, until and This is so, it's gross and it's just, it's hard to know that this is out there. But so, for example, the first time that it happened and I experienced it firsthand, so I couldn't work. Financially, basically every family is just dashed on the rocks too because even if insurance covers your stuff, I mean, it's almost like abstract how much things start costing at a certain point where it was like, yeah, yeah. It's like, (laughs) oh, that's, oh, that, that week was $87,000. And that doesn't even include the doctors, you know? So that stuff is, is abstract in one thing, but then there's parking and groceries and then there's daycare for your other child and all that other stuff. And if you lose an income or if you lose the only income, people need, to be supported financially. And so we, um, we were the gracious recipient of a GoFundMe. It, it was actually a different organization called Lots of Helping Hands. Mm-hmm. And then GoFundMe is another one. So there are a few of these kind of platforms and I'm sure you've all seen them or you, and you've seen them. But someone took our picture, took a picture of my kid, copied the story, and then started another one on a different platform and we're raising money. It was like exactly what my brother wrote of first. It was exactly what was written. Um, but someone found it and was like, wait, there was just something that seemed a little off and they were sort of, it was, there was something, it was Australia, or it was a different country. It was Australians. No. Oh, Australia, <laughs> God. They're always just stealing That's your cancer kids fundraising pages. What's you address? <laughs> I think it was, I think it was something
1: like, but they live in New York, you know? Right, yeah, Yeah. yeah.
2: (laughs) So that, but otherwise we never would have known about it. Yeah. Because, so (gasps) that was the first, so that happens to people.
0: That's Um, right. That's right. That's just what you need in the middle of all of this. Yes.
2: So then that was a horrible thing to, my, one of my brothers took care of that for us. We had, we were very lucky to have like a strong family and friends that came in. Because we needed it, and they were they showed up for us, but um so that happened to us, and then what happened last summer was I got and this I write about in the piece, but um someone wrote to me who I didn't know, and said, "Hey, I think someone is using a picture of you and your kid for us to for some kind of scam." and they didn't say it that way. I had to sort of dig through and figure it out, but yeah. basically someone took a picture of us from an article that I wrote and they said that that my daughter had died and her last words were to me that my husband had cheated on me. Are you fucking kidding me? That's what it said in this. um, It's Quora, which I don't really know. They do posts. Anybody can post. So somebody copied and so they plagiarized part of my article, but then they said that my kid was dead and then they said Uh. that. So it was so horrible horrible to read that and see that and really it was just like give, give us your credit card number and we'll help you find out if your partner's cheating on you so it was just this really gross we were bait for some kind of scam Ugh. and I think because in the picture she's bald and then it's like we're never going to use a picture of her again
3: that's
0: right um, yeah.
2: and you know
0: that wasn't that
2: wasn't fun. It's, less I don't recommend worse. That.
0: it's less worse that he's cheating on you <laughs> Right, I just know. as a, just as a woman and as a partner. But, you know, it it makes it bad if you've got a child with cancer. Now right. that oh, guy, now he's now really now the he's worst. In trouble. Oh yeah, and then yes. all these
2: strangers, like hundreds of thousands of people no. saw this and were saying, you know, you that guy and t- saying all these things about, you know, my husband was reading it when we found it. He was like, "They think I did this. I did this oh, do." You know, it God. it yeah, it was just it, I think it was, what could be the worst thing that would make people really yeah. want to find out if someone was cheating? <laughs> Congratulations. You're the worst thing. I know. <laughs> it's, it's an honor.
0: <laughs> ah, it's so weird. That's weird. So horrible. That's so weird. It's, All right.
2: So so people people scam. Okay. And that's gross. And, yeah, yeah, that's
0: gross. How do we help? How do how we help? We, how, how do we help? So...
2: If there's somebody in your community, someone who you don't know too well, and because pediatric cancer isn't that rare, I think everybody kind of knows somebody, right? Right. Or has heard of someone. And I did a little informal poll with some of my peeps, my cancer mom peeps. And so many people talk about the generosity that they received and things like meal trains, which can Mm -hmm. be great. They were not great for us because we weren't home home and then it was was stressful for us. Mm. So everybody's different. There's not like one way to help. There's a lot of ways to help. So kind of know we live in a place where we don't have a yard, but maybe someone, maybe you know of a neighbor who is going through this, go mow their lawn.
0: Mow their lawn.
2: Mow their lawn. Maybe they, you know them well enough that you could take their pets. Yeah. It doesn't always have to be financial, but money helps. Yeah. Gift cards to whatever, food places, grocery store runs, things like that. What doesn't help too much, and some people have expressed this to me, and it didn't help for us to have to say, if someone says, what can I do? Yeah, That's not always the most help. And I've definitely said that to people oh, when I Oh, yeah, I say to
0: people all the time. And it's... Uh... Unanswerable. It's it's and yeah. it's not meant in a bad way. It's no. just
2: it's if you think of yourself as as a mom and all the things that you have rolling all the time, right? Yeah. It's almost like you want to duplicate yourself. So um cleaning somebody's house for them or having a cleaner come. We had friends who <laughs> had a cleaner come and I came home from the hospital one day and my house, my apartment was clean, and I just burst into tears. Yeah. It was, they didn't really ask. They were just sort of like, I mean, they told me ahead of time, we yeah. want to do this for you. It's very hard. I, yeah. I'm not hard. somebody who likes to ask for help. It was very humbling to be the recipient of generosity and help, but we really needed it. And now yeah. I feel this obligation and this want to support other people in in a way. So, you know, if, if you can't help with food or with giving some kind of money gift for somebody, something else is good. You can donate your blood. You can let mm. someone know, Hey, I know you're going through this. They just donated blood or is there a place you want us to donate blood? Because you can sometimes donate blood for a specific child oh. to use. Wow. We had a friend who I didn't even know well at the time donated four times for us. Wow. It's, isn't which that is nice. That's so nice. People are so nice. So nice. So, so, nice. Nice. so, nice. God, so you could donate blood. You could. This is a really easy thing that probably everyone should do. You can register to be a bone marrow mm. match. It's called BeTheMatch.org or something. If yeah. you are a person who doesn't look like a lot of people in the world, if you're a minority, especially, there are fewer people who look like you. There are fewer matches out there for mm-hmm. bone marrow. There's a lot that people can do, just little kind of micro things that people can do to be helpful. Yeah.
0: What I like about that is, because I think we've all experienced, I mean, I know we've committed to whole shows too. I don't know what I need. You know, right. like don't come in and say, oh, there's an hour. Go do something for yourself. Right? Like, I don't right. know what that would be. I don't know what it looks like. I really like the idea of like, I am going to buy you some new jeans. (laughs) Point to the ones that you want, right? Like, (laughs) there, just point. Thank you. I am going to, would that make you feel better? Good. I'm going to give you food. I'm going to, you know, like, I I think that those are really good ideas. And it sounds like one of the other things we can do is to not be terrified of you. What do you think? Oh my
2: gosh. Yeah. I think, I think there's sort of a fragility yeah. uh, that people. So, and I mean, rightly so. And and there can be a phase of that where it can be very hard to relate to the rest of the world. Right. But I think it was amazing to me. People, who, again, who I didn't know very well, they stepped forward. Yeah, People who we knew very well, some people stepped back and there's not a judgment on that. I think there've been times in my life where I've done both things and people would send you know send a text hey check your email there's a gift card coming or and I mean that those things made a big difference they made a big difference
0: well what also makes a difference is you coming on to talk to us about it and we have to stop talking which is (laughs) always impossible for me to do. And Gabe's like giving me the eye. But we, I want to make sure a couple of things. One, we're going to link everybody up to where they can read one of your latest pieces, which is on Mother Magazine, where mm-hmm. you are talking about this image, the idea of the image and getting ripped off and this experience of somebody using your your images, uh, I, which is Great. Uh, the piece is great. <laughs> what it's about is a nightmare. As well as all of the links that you have already spoken about on oh, the show. And uh, they will all be posted in the show notes. And I just want to say how much I appreciate people who go through things like this don't have to then go out and help the rest of us. Okay? I mean, you don't. And that's Okay. That's okay. No, nope. people shouldn't be expected to. So, the fact that you are, I just want you to know how much I appreciate that. And if tomorrow you never wanted to talk about this fucking again, that would also <laughs> be fair, right? Like, you know, you don't have to be a like cancer mom forever, right? Like, but I mean, you will be because God, that's but that's a personal right. inside thing, not a <laughs> right. not in the bio. But I just I see you, and you're doing a you've done and you are doing a remarkable job. So thank you. Thank you, you
2: you are too. And I, I really, I was a listener before, right? So this idea of seeing other people going through things just from a parent's side, I, I really felt I tried to bring that with me into the hospital, into, you know, That people are doing a good job. I would say that to parents in the hospital. So thank you for giving us a language to just support others, no matter what they're going through.
0: Well, you're welcome, and. To no one actually has to go out and be nice either <laughs> if you're going I through know. something. God, you get to be horrible. It's it's fine. We'll all be here waiting for you <laughs> when it's over. All right, Jessica, thank you so much. And, again, we'll link everybody up to this. And uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Yay! Bye. <laughs> One Bad Mother is supported in part by Billy, home of the award winning razor. I love my Billy razor. Such a good razor. Do you want to know how good a razor it is? I just got a second one for my twain. And it was like so nice to have this really nice razor. Don't suffer another second paying a pink tax for a bad shape. Go to mybilly.com/mother to get the best razor you will ever own. Billy is half the price of other razors, plus free shipping always. Just go to mybilly.com/mother, spelled my b i l l i e dot com/mother. That's mybilly.com/mother. Genius fail time, me. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Okay, this is really good. (laughs) So, it's day two of braces. And, again, we don't start school for another, like, week or so. And Raiden has now shifted from the pain of the separators to the, like, tweeny angst of how they look with braces, showing them Marsha and the Brady Bunch braces episode did not help for some strange reason. Anyway, they're moping around this morning and complaining out loud, as tweens are wont to do, that they look awful with braces and they're going to go back to school and it's going to be awful. And then it hit me. I realized it. I said, Raiden, masks. And they looked at me and they're like, what? And I said, you will be wearing a mask at school. In fact, every time you leave this house, you wear a mask. What a great time to have braces. <laughs> you don't ever have to show them. I'm like, their face lit up, and, like, Stephen was in the kitchen and was like, what, masks? And we were all like, masks, masks, masks. And I just felt like an absolute genius. And also, to everyone out there with braces, wow. This is another, like, good, this is a pro. This is a, a, a little tick the box in the pro column of wearing masks to school. You're welcome.
3: Hi. I'm calling with a genius for me and my bestie, because this morning we were hanging out, eating breakfast, and all of a sudden I notice on our ceiling one of those giant centipedes. One of those big motherfuckers that look like (laughs) they could take you down. They've got legs for days. And let me tell you, those little assholes are not my friend. Mm -mm. So I look up. And I go, hmm, which is my signal to lefty that means something's going on. And he looks up, and he goes, hmm, which is his way of saying, oh, yeah, I see that asshole. (laughs) And so instead of freaking out in front Mm. of our four-year-old, because I don't, like, she's allowed to be afraid of what she's going to be afraid of, but I don't want to give her what I'm afraid of, Mm. she goes. We, we point it out and we say, Look, there's a centipede on the ceiling. Oh, wow, yeah, look at those legs. Oh, yeah, it's really moving around. Uh huh. And we talk about it and we stay completely calm. And Lefty and I are texting each other the ways in which we are freaking out. Yes! So we are able to express the fact that we are freaking out because this fucking centipede is. And it's right over us. It is right over us while we are eating breakfast. And then (laughs) it falls down. (gasps) And you know what we do? We go, oh, yeah, it fell down. (laughs) Now I need to find it because Lefty got to go to work. Minnie got to go to daycare. And I'm still on summer vacation for one more week. So I get to spend the day trying to find that little asshole and murder it. Or get it outside. <laughs> I don't know. Just, uh, uh, they are not my favorite. And Leslie mm. and I are geniuses because we were calm even though we were freaking the fuck out. Uh,
0: okay. You are a genius because I thought for sure. I, I gotta tell you, to me, the genius moment wasn't the initial reaction to the centipede. Okay. You guys, staying calm. That that was very good. I uh, highly, highly approve. Big, big round of applause. To me, the genius was when it fell from the ceiling and landed. That you guys didn't just start screaming. That you did. I mean, it's very noble of you to want to not pass on your fears. I've tried that many times with my children, and apparently. They're just going to have their own fears. God damn it. You are not afraid of spiders. Stop it. (laughs) Those monster centipedes are a nightmare. And I salute you and would go into a haunted house with you and your lefty any day of the week. Because nerves of steel. You are incredible. And you're doing a good job. Failures. Fail, 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 fail! You suck. Fail, Mimi. Okay, this is not, this is not good. I really wish Teresa was here, (laughs) because this is one of those, like, it's even worse when you just kind of say it out loud to yourself or to Gabe. I mean, that's weird. Uh, Okay, Raiden, as I've said multiple times on this show, today got the braces and the separators, and they really hurt. So we were giving him Tylenol. And then, because of all of my experience, I know that you can sometimes alternate Tylenol and Advil, like a ibuprofen and a acetaphetamine, back and forth. They won't interact, but it will add some additional pain relief. So I went out, and now also, FYI, this is the advice of my dentist and their orthodontist. Okay. So blah, blah, blah. Always check with your doctor, especially with medicating children. So I run to the store and get Advil and bring it home. And I got the little gel caps that are little mini blue pills. And Raiden took one and it was helpful. And they were on the kitchen counter. And this morning I was like half asleep and Stefan was in the shower And Ellis had already come in and crawled in the bed and was like, I don't know, bouncing on me or something. And suddenly Raiden comes in and says, my mouth still hurts. Can I take an Advil? And I said, yeah, absolutely. And she said, it's the little blue capsules. And I said, yeah, yeah. Do you know where they are? He says, yes. And I say, okay. We all start to wake up, And I go into the bathroom, and (laughs) that's where I see the Claritin pills for Claritin, which are also small, blue, like, gel pills. And I said, did you take this pill? And Raiden was like, yes. And I said, that is the wrong pill. This is uh, Claritin. Yeah, I thought it was weird that it said Claritin. Well... Okay, okay. And then Stefan came in and Stefan was mad. Oh, I don't like it when Stefan's mad. He just, and by mad, I mean, gave me a seriously disappointing, like frustrated look. And I, was, <laughs> I just was like, all right, this is on me. I thought Reagan knew they were in the kitchen because we've always been like really clear about medicine. You can't take medicine even from a friend's parent without them checking with me. And like, you know, the kids have always been so good at this. And I just, I should have said, bring it in. And instead, we had to have a whole nother discussion about bringing things in and confirming. And yeah, I really felt bad. She was, Red was like, is it going to do anything? I said, it's going to help you not have a runny nose and not have a reaction to grass today. So that's good. (laughs) Oh, Bad. Hi,
4: I'm calling with a fail. Uh, I feel like this fail has been years in the in the <laughs> anticipation, just waiting for this fail to happen. And yesterday, it finally did. Mm. And I feel like all I need to say for you to visualize what's coming is that um, we have a bidet. Ah, da da. Um, yeah, got that before kids. It's staying in our house. My my kid is three. We've been doing the potty training thing for a while, and she, guess a couple a week or four, who knows ago, discovered the bidet. So that's cool. But um, yesterday, we finally had the moment that we've all now. I feel like with me, you're all seeing this coming. But, uh, she's just running around being a crazy crazy kiddo, running around the house, in the bathroom. I hear the water come on. Mm. I'm like, oh, she's playing in the sink. And then I'm like, wait, she can't reach the sink without the stool. It's nope. not in the bathroom right now. Yep. The, the fountain, there was a fountain. My my bathroom got a shower. The only thing that saved the toilet paper was the, the plastic thing we put over it to keep the cats from <laughs> i am doing a terrible job <laughs> you are doing an amazing job and um yeah that's that's all i got bye i love the show so much thank you
0: wow wow how international of you <laughs> you have a day of course that is something you got before you had children <laughs> of course uh, I got to tell you, in this fail, which, and this is a fail, one, it is a fail because you knew it was coming. Yeah, you had a bidet, and then you had a child, and you knew eventually this day would come, and they would either be playing in it or drinking out of it like a fountain at a playground, okay? That was a fail. A very uh, exciting fail, to say the least. Obviously, bidets enter our house pre-children in most cases. To be honest, I have never in my life seen a bidet in person. That is how fancy you, you are. so fancy to have a bidet. What are you, millionaires? What are you, rich? Are you, that's just exciting. Anyway, yeah, you should have seen that coming, and you did see it coming, and yet it still happened, so yay. But there's a hidden genius in here, and I'm like, what plastic thing did you put on top of the toilet paper to keep your cats from tearing that up? Because that's genius. That's what I want to know about. But yeah, you have water, water everywhere, and not a drop to drink. Yeah, there you go. Enjoy drinking from the fire hose, my darlings. I'm sure I could come up with some sort of clean in and out joke but I'll leave that to all the rest of you you're doing a horrible job having fancy toilets
3: <laughs> you are the great
0: Bad mother is supported in part by Better Help Online Therapy. It doesn't matter who you are. Life can be stressful, especially, for example, let's say you've got kids in your house. <laughs> or maybe there's been a pandemic. <laughs> there's one or two things to be stressed about. Look, and, and at the same time, you might not be feeling down and out and depressed or like you're at a total loss, but... When your stress is high, you probably could use the chance to unload. Get it out. BetterHelp is a customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. And it can be more affordable than in-person therapy. Look, just see if it's for you. The podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and one bad mother listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com/badmother. You can have your first session in under 48 hours at B E Bad E R H E L P.com/badmother.
1: I'm Jesse Thorne. This week on Bullseye, David Byrne on the talking heads, easing back into live performance, and the magic of doo-wop. You don't get it very much, people doing dip a dip dip whoa-whoa, na whoa, You don't get a lot of that. <laughs> Listen to Bullseye from MaximumFun.org and NPR.
2: Hey, podcast fan. We'd like to get a better idea of who you are and what you care about. So we have a quick favor to ask. If you have a few minutes to spare, please go to MaximumFun.org slash ad survey. There, we've got a short anonymous survey that will take about five minutes to fill out. Plus, if you finish it, you'll get a 10% discount on merch at the MaxFun store. MaxFun shows have always relied on support from our members and always will. This survey will help keep the few ads we do run interesting and relevant to you. That's MaximumFun.org slash ad survey. A-D-S-U-R-V-E-Y, all one word. And thanks for your help.
0: All right, everybody, it's time to listen to a mom have a breakdown.
1: This is a rant. I am 41, and I am pregnant with my fourth child. And I would like to say, fuck you. Fuck you to every single person, family, and friends as we enter into the second trans- trimester. And I'm telling people, everyone who feels it's their need, their right to tell me, you know, it's a high risk pregnancy, you being 41. Fuck you. <laughs> I am a healthy person. This is my body. This is my choice. Fuck you. Doesn't help. Doesn't help. That's
3: all. All I
0: needed to say. Thank you. That's enough. That's enough to say. That's all you did need to say. First of all, you are doing a great job, and you know what? You know what you need to hear. Congratulations. How are you? Can I get you something? Would you like a nice gift? I I like. How can I support you? You are amazing. Yeah, this falls right right into that category of things you just aren't supposed to say to people. And I, uh, no one uh, apparently has ever written these things down. (laughs) So we just keep saying them over and over again. And I got to tell you, as a woman who had my second at 40, uh, but going back at my first, Raiden, I was already pregnant, and wasn't called anything. But then I became 35, yeah, I think that's the math, or 36, something like that, bad with dates, during the pregnancy and suddenly I was, what do they call it, geriatric or something? Like some horrible name that basically means old, old, we hate old people and you can't do anything anymore. And I'm like, uh, I'm not sure that's true, uh, because again, I, I don't know. Do we know anything about women uh, and their bodies? Uh, anyway, that's a different rant for a different day. And really, my rant, not yours. Your rant is incredibly valid, and it's really like a, a really a kick in the teeth when you're getting it from family members and friends who have already watched you go through this three times. Obviously, you can have a baby, (laughs) right? Obviously, you're a smart-ass person who makes choices and is able to think about all the concerns and all the risks and all the, like, challenges that you may or may not have. You've already done this. You don't need everybody else to remind you of this. You are capable of that. And I don't know, I just... I think you're wonderful, and I appreciate you calling this in and sharing it because, as always, most of the time when we stick our foot in our mouth, it wasn't intentional. These things don't always come from a place of hate or like a desire to make you crazy or feel bad, but that doesn't mean they don't. And so we all have to let this be a reminder to like just be mindful. Like if you know you're gonna go see your friend who's 41 and having a baby, prep, prep yourself. Talk it out to yourself in the car or on the subway. Be like, "Congratulations! How can I support you? What can I get for you? <laughs> Would you like my seat? Here's twenty dollars." there's just so many other things we can say and in creating a safe and supportive environment for each other we're going to find that it's a lot easier to really hear each other and and start supporting each other in really stronger more profound ways I I think you are remarkable I think you're remarkable and Uh, We see you, I see you, and you are not alone, and you're doing a great job. All right, everybody, I think the big takeaway for the day is let's be really careful how we frame each other, how we uh, sort of put each other into categories or boxes or narratives that uh, may not be even remotely true like we all walk through this world um constantly being confronted with things that we don't know a lot about that make us nervous that are scary that any number of things that make us feel like we're judging ourselves or we should judge ourselves and the way (laughs) our brains think sometimes the best way to handle that is is to just just place that on the other person. <laughs> I remember back in the day when we first started the show, we were talking to different parents who had kids with a variety of needs and or wired differently, all these different things. And people coming up to them and saying, I don't know how you do it. You must be an angel. Are you an angel? And they're all like, no. No. I'm fucking tired, and I'm not doing it. It's like coming up to anybody with kids and saying, I don't know how you do it. Well, we're not doing it, okay? It's like a displacement of your own (laughs) uncomfort, and I am the queen of that. So I'll be first in line to try and work on taking a step back, taking a breath. Again, it's like with the pregnant woman. We just need to each and every person we meet, we need to just be saying, what can I do? To help today. What do you need? You need a Coke? Some new water? 50 bucks? What could I do? What do you you want to go ogle Amazon or something? <laughs> you want to start an Instagram account? There are a million different things we can say to each other. Besides, something deeply personal and possibly offensive. <laughs> Sadly, we don't know what that always is until we do it. So, learning, learning, learning. You are all doing an amazing job. It is weird, and sometimes wonderful, and sometimes hard, and sometimes the best. And you get to have both. You're all amazing. And I will talk to you next week. Bye!
1: I got to load down Mama Blue. I got to load down Mama Blue. Got to low down, Mama Blue. Low down, Mama Blue. Got to low down, Mama Blue. Got to low down, Mama Blue. You know that right.